Roxo Media House. Jeff Wilson started covering the Texas Rangers in 2008, though he'll never forget 2021. Out on his own, he decided it was time to do a podcast, but his wheels were spinning until a nerd came along. There's no going back now. Welcome to the Texas Rangers Baseball Podcast. Here's your host, Jeff Wilson, and the recliner nerd himself, John Moore. Hey, everybody, and welcome to the Rangers Today Baseball Podcast. This is episode number 72, and today... Joe Barlow. Joe Barlow's going to follow us, uh, is going to come on with us from spring training, where Jeff is right now. But hey, this spring training episode is brought to you by Premier Properties. Whether you're buying, selling, leasing, or you need property management, go to Premier Properties at SWDallasRealty.com. That's SW, like Southwest, DallasRealty.com, or call me. I'm part of it. And if, hey, listen, in all seriousness, if you've ever thought of investing, that's what I want to touch on today. A lot of people look into investing in real estate. I have been doing that for 20 years as a realtor and helping people invest. I've got clients all over the world, not just in the United States. I've got people overseas that invest. Reach out to me. Reach out to Premier Properties. We'd be happy to, to help you. Uh, just it, It's free, guys. We'll sit down and talk about what your goals are portfolio-wise. And, you know, Jennifer Wilson's already going to try to bug me about it because uh, Jeff's already told me that she's she's ready from uh, to, to get in to be a real estate mogul. Jeff, you look like you're wearing a jacket. I mean, is it cold? Well, I tell you what, it, it is cold. I have on a sweatshirt, a hoodie. I have on my heated vest. It's, it's not on right now. Uh, I had another jacket on. Uh, yesterday, I had to borrow a jacket from the Rangers because I, I under, uh, under, underpacked on the, way, on the way to the ballpark. Uh, wore my stocking cap out there today. It's, it's really uh, windy. Um, it, 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 it had been nice over the weekend, you know, and, um, and, and then it kind of started to cool off a little bit last night. The wind kind of picked up a little bit. Um, and then today it's like 50, 52, um, windy as heck and, um, just really not a pleasant day. Uh, the Rangers didn't do much outside today cause the winds were so strong. <laughs> they did do pop-up drills, uh, which is pretty entertaining, you know, just as they, <laughs> they took advantage of the wind to maybe get a little practice in. Um, but you know, there were no, no live batting practice, which is uh, always a little disappointing because, uh, um, it's good for video and it's, it's good, you know, get guys talking about how they're feeling and all that stuff. But, um, yeah, today, today was cold, uh, tomorrow, uh, it's going to be a little bit better. Uh, I leave, I leave tomorrow night. It looks like, uh, the weekend will be decent. Um, but you know, you got to get to March in Arizona. That's what I always say. You got to get to March. There's always a couple days though. They're like this where they're off the field. There'll be one day once games begin, the whole, the whole area gets rained out. Um, that's just kind of the way it goes. But, um, you know, I still, I, I, I guess I need to go to work for the city of surprise and, and, and the state of Arizona that, you know, I, spring training is great. Spring training here is phenomenal. So, um, come on, come on out. And, and, yeah. and, and if you can't do it this year, do it down the road, but it's, it's just a great time. It's worth, it's worth the time. Well, look, this is the first week of full workouts. So the, the, if the position players weren't there, they are there now. Now, I know a lot of them were already there last week when we were talking about it. By the way, guys, this is Wednesday. Um, hopefully, this will be out Friday or Saturday. Um, we, we could only get Joe today, so we went in and taped it today um, to get it going. But uh, anybody show up that wasn't there last week now that you're starting to see everybody there? Yeah, everybody's here. You know, they started showing up over the weekend. Um, 
uh, you know, Seeger and Simeon were, were started to show up. Uh, Simeon uh, came in on on Sunday. Most most of the guys who hadn't been here uh, arrived Sunday. Um, and, and you know, it it, it kind of it builds up usually. And, and it's been it's been a different spring uh, in regards to the buildup because um, of the Super Bowl. There generally was a, a shortage of hotel rooms and and uh, accommodations, and so uh, a lot of the pitchers didn't even come until the day before workouts. So, um, but yeah, Monday they hit the field. Uh, the first full day of, of of you know the first full squad workout is always a a, a busy day, as kind of a, a spectacle. I wrote, you know, there's guys moving around all over the place, balls in the air. All kinds of things are happening. It's it's fun if you're a baseball fan. Um, and uh, you know the most important thing, of course, on day one is is nobody get hurt. I mean that's the most yeah. important thing in spring training. Uh, but it looks like they they managed to do that. And um, you know there's a there's a good vibe here. Um, the, the guys seem uh, you know it's spring training. Everybody's happy, but, but they seem uh, pretty focused. I would say on on what they're doing. Uh, kind of a quiet confidence. I think they know they're good. I think they 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 saw the the offseason moves, what what's brought in, what the offense did last year, what another year of experience will do for the guys who are young and but are coming back. Yeah, so I think there's a a belief and a confidence that these guys are are going to be are going to be good. You know, uh, let me let me ask you this. You wrote about it a little bit, but tell me about Bochi um, and what do you, what do you see how. What's he doing during the day? I mean, I know he's got a golf cart. Those knees aren't the greatest uh, that he's got. So we're, is he like just going, you just kind of seeing him everywhere? Is he just zipping around everywhere? Or tell me what he's doing. Well, you know, he, he, he doesn't really take the golf cart except from the clubhouse uh, back and forth. Um, or if he has to go from the, the four-pack of fields right. uh, on the, the back fields to the main the two main fields on the back. So he'll, he'll go to, he'll cart it there, but... Uh, you know, he, he walks around, he goes up to the cage, he watch guys hit, he'll watch guys pitch. Uh, he, he really likes to focus in on guys. He watched Jack Leiter the other day and, uh, our, our guest last week and, you know, said that he doesn't, doesn't know how anybody, how you could throw the ball better than, than Leiter threw it. Uh, I guess that would have been Monday. Uh, <coughs> um, so he, he's definitely, he definitely gets around. You definitely know where he is. He's just got a presence about him, but you know, it's, uh, it's laid back, you know, there's, he's a, he's a big guy and you would think just looking at him, you'd, you know, you'd think this is a big and intimidating guy and maybe he can be big and intimidating, but he's really laid back, uh, likes to laugh, uh, tells funny stories. So, uh, the first impression has been really good, but you know, his first speech to the, the team, uh, I haven't heard it in full, you know, my uh, detail word for word, but apparently it was really good. And, 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 and the young guys apparently really bought into it and, and everybody just seems ready to go. Okay. Let me ask you about DeGrom. Now, everybody, the whole big drama of last weekend, but he, he was out there throwing the other day, day before yesterday. Does he have a bullpen scheduled coming up? Yeah, he's, he's going to be off a of mound Thursday. Um, when did he start throwing? Uh, boy, Sunday. I think he he threw for the first time, just a light catch. He's thrown every day since, kind of stretching it out a little bit further and further, uh, and he feels fine. So they're going to get him off a off of a mound Thursday. He's probably 
a week. Uh, you know, he didn't do anything for a week. So he's probably a, a little bit behind the, the rest of the guys. But uh, I think I mentioned this last week. He threw six bullpen sessions before he came here. So they feel like they're not missing anything. It's it's not a concern. And and so, yeah, I mean, I, you know, I'm, I'm, fly, I'm flying out Thursday night. But I'm not flying out without seeing Jacob Degrom throw a, a, a pitch, and so right. uh, I'm 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 glad they accommodated my travel schedule with that. Uh, <laughs> well, they look, they got with Rangers today and asked what we were doing, and yeah, I mean, make I, sure they. I told, I told him the other day, I was like, "When are you going to be off the mound?" He's like, "Oh, maybe Thursday." I was like, "Well, that's the day I leave, so let's let's get it done." So he he obviously listened. I <laughs> yeah. uh, really appreciate that, former <laughs> former guest of the show. So, uh, but he's he's been great, you know. I mean, I know he he did not want to get off to this start. I mean, it's could have, sure. it was terrible timing. Like if it was next year and this had happened, it would, nobody would have really thought about it, you know, but right. it's, it's his first day of his first camp with his new team after signing for $37 million a year. And, and he, and they hold and him the, out. So and, the, and, he, and his boss his, throws him out there by saying, you know what? Just chill. I mean, you got a little tinge there. Yeah. No well, point nobody, hanging nobody, around. Nobody in New York chilled. Yeah, and no. so <laughs> I, I, and I think he's, I think he's, uh, you know, acutely aware of of uh, his standing with the Mets fan base right now. Um, sure. And you know, he he doesn't want to say anything bad or, or anything like that. And it's because he's I don't classy. Um, but he doesn't seem like the kind of guy that does. He just seems like a you know normal a normal guy. I mean, I, I know he's not normal because he's the best pitcher in the world, but he's. You know, you can talk to him, and and I think he's at ease in the clubhouse because there's only four beat writers here, and and yeah. whereas uh, with New York it would be a lot more than that. So uh, he's, uh, I think he's, I think he's going to be comfortable here, and I'm, Did- I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing him Thursday, and I'll I'll have videos of it on the YouTube channel. So that'll be. Um, by the way, go follow you the YouTube channel, guys. You need to go follow it. Those shorts are doing great. All the little things, and we're gonna have two. We'll have two cameras going here in a few weeks. We're going to be out there with two going, so those shorts are going to be good. But so you know, everything I see, everybody that's taking pictures of him or anything happening, he seems to have a grin on his face. He's happy. Um, You know, like you said, four beat riders, whatever. I think honestly, just a good guy. He's here. I mean, the media is blowing up in New York over the fact that he he had a little twinge there. But uh, it's. I'm going to tell you what. Every team in Major League Baseball would love to have Jacob DeGrom with a little twinge on his left side and maybe not throw in the first day of spring training. So And everybody would have done the same thing. Absolutely. They would have all done the exact same thing. They're, they would have done it with Verlander, Scherzer, with any of them. They were going to do the same thing. They'd do it with the last guy in camp. Absolutely. No, it's, it's, it's nonsense and BS to go out there and throw. If you're just feeling something, just rest. Good God, it's bad weather. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. All right, so who else we need to talk about then? I mean, um, have you had a chance yeah, to talk you to know, um, Grossman? Have you talked to him? Man. I'm sorry? Have you had a chance to talk to Grossman? A little bit. Uh, just just the day he arrived, he's, he seems pretty um, – he's a veteran. Uh, he's, he's went to high school in Houston, uh, Cyprus, and uh, he, he's – you know, he, he played for the Astros, and that was his first team, so he's, he's already – He's he's now wearing both Texas uniforms, which is which is good. But um, he seems pretty businesslike. You know, he he was excited to be here. All that stuff said the right things. Uh, but he you know he appears to be fitting in just fine. Um, the pitching matchups 
the pitching schedule uh, for the first few games. Uh, Mike Maddox, let me take a, a look at his sheet today. Um, it's uh, Glenn Otto was going to start the Cactus League opener Friday and be followed by Owen White uh, on on uh, Saturday. Nate Avaldi and Dane Dunning will be the first two pitchers. Uh, Sunday, John Gray and Cole Reagans, who is getting rave reviews um, from from people for his his early showing in camp. And then on the 27th, which is Monday, that'll be Martin Perez and, and Taylor Hearn. Um, you know, as we know, Perez is getting ready to go to the World Baseball Classic. He leaves the sixth. Uh, Jose yeah. Clerk will go with him. There was some some closer uh, talk um, uh, with Bruce Bochy yesterday. Yeah, yeah. Joe Barlow could, our guest here in a little bit, could end up. In the mix there, it's looking probably like Jose Leclerc and Jonathan Hernandez would, would be the guy. Ian Kennedy, if, if, if Ian Kennedy makes the team as a non-roster guy. Um, so they, they have some choices back there. And um, But, yeah, you know, this is this is always a, a fun time of year. And now that the games are, are going to start, um, you know, things are going to happen. But, you know, don't read too much into the results the first few times these guys go out. You know, they're still working on things, as they say, you know, a guy may go out and throw either way only fastballs. Yep. You know, for either way. however many pitches he gets, he may throw only fastballs and he may get tattooed, but he's going to accomplish something there. So don't sweat the little, don't sweat stuff like that. Um, these guys know what they're doing. And, um, and, um, and yeah. vice versa of that, if, if Owen White goes out and strikes out the side on nine pitches, He's also out there doing his thing. Sometimes hitters are working on something, maybe trying to to do stuff. It, it it's not while that's great and that looks great and it's fantastic and we're all happy and doing all of that. On both sides of it, spring training, you really got to get into the games before you really start to see people. They're 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 getting to where they're they want to make it like game situation. And then and then also don't don't be lured into somebody's terrific spring performance out of nowhere. Um, uh, like let's say Owen White goes out and throws two perfect innings. He's not going to make the rotation. He's not going to make the team. All right. Exactly. Uh, you know, there, there are guys who, um, you know, if, if, uh, if Clint Fraser is hitting 400 to going in the last week of camp, he still has a lot of work to do to make the team. So, yep. you know, and, and, and these games, the stats are, are, are hard to, you can't really judge by stats because, you know, when, when, um, the backups are in, they're facing backups. Yep. You know, some of them may be facing guys who've never pitched above a ball, you sure. know, and of course, you know, of course the guy who's been at AAA and maybe had a cup of coffee in the major leagues is going to, is going to own that guy. Yeah. So it, it, it's really, you can't read a ton into the stats. You know, if, if now if it's last two weeks and pitchers starting pitchers are dialed up and they're going five innings and you get a guy who's just smoking everything, then yeah, you can get excited about it, but uh, it's still, it's still even then there are guys who are still trying to work on things. So, um, yep. you know, I, especially if they TR, know they've TR made called, the team TR in his last uh, memoir called the uh, uh, spring training, the greatest marketing ploy in, in sports history. And it kind <laughs> of is, I mean, you know, it's great for tourism, uh, but you know, it, it does generate interest in, in, in the teams and, and everything. But ultimately all that matters in spring training is health, and, and being able to command your stuff. And, and W's and L's do don't that, count. That's, that's all that matters. 
Yep. W's and L's do not count. If the Rangers lose the first seven spring training games, it means nothing at all. Uh, yeah, the, if they go if they go 32-0, and 0, it means nothing. It means no, doesn't mean that they're they're coming in and they're going to win. It means nothing. But don't get me wrong. There's good and bad in every game that they're going to be watching. There's going to be guys that go 0 for 4 that are going to impress the hell out of Bruce Bochy and go the way his the way his at bats were, the way he worked the counts, whatever he did. Anyway, so look, we we're we're fired up. I know you're fired up. You get to come home for the first time doing that. Um, anything else we want to talk about before we get Joe in here? Uh, no, I think I think we're we're pretty covered on the on the major league side. You know, it's um, it, it's going to be. Yeah, you you know, sit back and watch and 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 have have a good time and uh, yeah, like I said, I'm I'm out of here on Thursday the the 23rd, uh, which is tomorrow, uh, which if you're listening might have been yesterday, right. uh, but uh, um, uh, we're coming back, you know, Rangers and Rangers today um, has a phone. It turns out I have this phone right here. That has a lot, a lot of phone numbers. So yep. if something hits the fan, or even if I just need some questions answered, people are going to pick up an answer. So yep. uh, go ahead, uh, subscribe to Rangers today for five nine nine a month, thirty five dollars for six months, or sixty dollars for a whole year. Uh, from like the day you sign up, three hundred sixty five days later, um, not just the rest of this year. So yep. um, it'll be, it'll be. February to February or whatever, whatever day it is you're listening to this, uh, you get great stuff. Um, yep. and, and, uh, you know, we, we have some opportunities maybe to get some more stuff, uh, happening here, uh, on the YouTube channel, which sure. would open the door to more stuff happening on the, uh, the website. So, um, yeah. look, it's worth it. And it's so much cheaper than everybody else. So, um, hey, absolutely. Give, it, give it a whirl. Yep. Hey guys, listen, we're going to go to Joe Barlow here right now, but like he was saying about that on sponsorships too, um, you know, sponsorships too, if you know, if you're, if your business or your company, you know, they're wanting to throw some advertising dollars out there and maybe they want to do something with the Rangers and it's just a little, uh, you know, too much money to go out there to Globe Life Field, but they want somebody that has the in with the Texas Rangers and working with them, you know, point them our way that's a good way to get some uh, free subscriptions maybe to the uh, website if, if your company does something we'll work some stuff out but get them a hold of jeff get them a hold of me uh you can email jeff at, at jeff at jeff wills at uh, rangers today.com uh we'll be happy to put some proposals in front of them and come out and meet them but right now guys in this premier property spring training spring training coverage we're going to be back right after this and talk to joe barlow texas rangers right-handed pitcher Rangers Today Spring Training coverage is brought to you by Premier Properties. Whether you're buying, selling, leasing, or have someone manage your real estate, Premier Properties is the place for you. They've been serving the DFW area for over 30 years, plus they manage my property, so I should know. If you have any real estate needs, call them at 972-298-4000. That's 972-298-4000. Or go to swdallasrealty.com. That's SW, like Southwest dallasrealty.com that's premier properties your main street realtor all right guys and joining us right now from surprise arizona sitting with jeff wilson who's there covering the team it's right-handed pitcher joe barlow joe what's going on bud uh just trying to stay warm right now we got some cold weather that has came through the last few days hopefully it'll warm back up to the 80s it's been it's been awful uh i mean it was it was nice saturday sunday and monday it was okay yesterday, right? Yeah. Decent. But then today, it's like hurricane, not hurricane, tropical storm force winds. 
and it's chilly and it rained. And so it screwed up the whole schedule today. But um, did y'all work out at all? Through he threw yesterday. He threw live yesterday. Yeah. So so he's okay. all good. Um, yeah. So aside from being cold, Joe, how was how was camp? Um, it's it's good. It's been super fun to be able to connect with some of the new guys that have signed with us, the Evaldis, the DeGrom, stuff like that. It's been it's been a fun experience so far. Yeah, Evaldi, we talked about this the other day. Your locker, your, the splitter. Yeah. Is is and that's I mean that's I mean he has a lot of pitches, but that's one that you're seeming to dig into his head for. Yes, sir, for sure. Uh, almost every day I have something new to ask him about about the splitter, um, especially throwing off the mound, and especially yesterday throwing live to to hitters, just to be able to get a little more guidance on it. Um, stuff like that is obviously huge for somebody that's throwing a new pitch to have somebody there that's thrown it in the big leagues as much as he has. And as good as it is um, just to kind of get some different ideas on how you want to throw it. You know, sometimes it's not the grip. Sometimes it's just like, Hey, aim at the plate instead of at the glove or whatever that may be. So it's, it's nice to have guys like that. Was this something you started working on in the offseason? I know you, you've tried it in the past um, when you do decide, all right, it's time to go full with this split. Um, right when I was about ready to get get off the mound, uh, I decided to go driveline, opened up a, a place in Scottsdale. And I wanted to go over there just to get some numbers behind my fastball, my slider, all that stuff after the wrist surgery, um, just to be able to gauge where, where I'm at. And Chris over there mentioned to me the splitter. He went digging from my, some of my minor league stuff. Mm-hmm. And he came across the splitter that I threw four or five times. <laughs> um, and he was like, Hey, this could be something interesting. So we might as well, while you got time, yeah. throw it, see if, if there's anything there or not. And uh, the first, the first time throwing it off the mound there, it was like, wow, this really could, you know, and then the second time it was like, uh, that wasn't like the last time. Um, so it's just kind of mixing and matching and being able to kind of play that, that back and forth game with it to dial it in and make it more consistent. And how does it fit into your repertoire? I mean, it, it goes a different way, I guess. Then. Yeah. Um, I think it will, it'll be good because I don't throw my curveball very often. So I was, I'm pretty much fastball slider. Um, and if you eliminate one, you know, you, you got a decent chance of seeing something else. Um, but being able to throw another off speed pitch, that's not like the slider or the heater. Um, it really changes the whole dynamic of an at bat where they have to respect three pitches instead of, Hey, spit on the slider, wait for a heater. Chances are you'll probably get one um, and vice versa too. So now it's, I think it just completely changes the dynamic of, approaches, um, situations, stuff like that. Yeah. You mentioned, you mentioned the surgery and we, again, we talked to you about it the other day, at your locker, but you had surgery on your wrist to help your thumb or in your index finger, pointer finger. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I had this thing we found out I was born with it from what we've researched. Um, it's called, uh, Lindbergh Comstock syndrome. Um, I think they said like 25, 30% of people have it. They just don't know. 
Um, it's where the tendons and the pointer finger and the thumb are kind of fused together and they work together instead of being able to separately move the top joint in the finger, um, which caused me to spike my fastball more with just the index finger. Um, and then the middle finger was coming off of it like you would normally. Um, so in that findings, yeah, we decided to just kind of go in there, clean up the tendon a little bit so that they could work separate and hopefully relieve the, the blister pressure ulcer issue from last year. So I guess, I guess, I mean, you've been pitching for a long time, but I don't remember you having blisters. Was last year, did it like, does, does Lingberg Comstock get progressively worse as you get older? Uh, yeah, that was interesting too, because that's what we brought up to is like, why, why now? Um, and if you remember, I had a little bit of an issue with it in 2021. When I got called up, I went on the 10 day for, for a short period of time. Um, and I think we kind of chalked it up as like in the big leagues, it's not you pitch and then you get a day off. Um, in the minor leagues, you rarely go back to back days. Your workload is just looks a lot different. Um, and then when you're throwing good in the big leagues, you know, they, they, they get you the ball as much as they can without putting you in a bad situation. Um, so I think just the workload management of the finger could have, could be the reason why it kind of popped up now and not in the past. So you, you came up, you saved a bunch of games, you saved a bunch of games last year and you started dealing with some things. Um, how do you see your role this year in the bullpen? And, I, and everybody talks about the starting pitching. The bullpen's got some great arms and it's, it's not just at the big league level. There's some guys in, who are going to be a triple a who have great arms, but how do you see you fitting in or do you really even care? Yeah, for sure. Uh, I mean, it's, it's definitely an interesting dynamic how people kind of have like the pitching staff, but it, they've kind of made it starting pitching and bullpen. Um, and you see how much starting pitching means for uh, the bullpen and you see how much the bullpen means for the starting pitching. So it's, if you don't have one, then the other suffers. Um, so I think with the, the guys that we added this year is definitely going to improve. Um, but going into this year, yeah, I'm not really setting any expectations of like what innings I'm going to throw or how I'll be used. Um, I'm just going to try to come in healthy, be able to avoid that finger issue that I've had to deal with the last two years. Um, and I just, I just trust, trust the staff with, making those decisions. Um, I think it gets really distracting when you try to um, worry about those things that you don't really have a say in. So I just try to leave that to the coaches because I don't want to be the coach, you know? So, um, but I, again, I trust that they'll have my best intentions in mind and uh, hopefully win, win a lot of games. How, how is the, the, the new pitching coach? Uh, he's, he's old to us. Um, previous guests on our show, how, how have you interacted so far with, with Mike? And then, you know, he brought along a Hall of Fame brother too. Yeah. Um, it's, it's fun. It's they, uh, you can sense the sense of seriousness in situations, you know, with the fundamental stuff, uh, PFPs and stuff like that, but they keep it light and fun a lot. Like we end every pitching meeting with a joke. Somebody comes up and tells a joke. So, uh, yeah, it's, it's fun, but it's also, you know, we got a job to do. And if we can't do that, then 
you got to tone back the fun, I guess you'd say. Um, but when everything's going smooth, it's, you can, you can feel how fun things are. So it's a, it's a great dynamic, I think. Yeah. I, the, uh, the thing that, I mean, he has been in the postseason so much. Then you have the manager who, you know, had great starting staffs, but also could manipulate the bullpen. It just seems like it's a, exciting but a great recipe for for a team but also to be a part of yeah uh i mean i would imagine coaching obviously i haven't coached but i would imagine coaching is similar to playing you know like you get a save your first save opportunity uh things are pretty quick the heartbeats speeding up um and i would imagine the same thing as being the manager or the pitching coach when it's your first time in the playoffs and your starter's doing good, but he's got two base runners and now you gotta, you gotta start playing the bullpen game. Um, but as you progress and you close more games or you get more opportunity in situations, it gets more comfortable. And then you can really just kind of trust your, your practice and your preparation. Um, and I would imagine that's how it would be with, with coaching as well, that they can trust that they got the, the numbers or the, the information they need to, confidently make uh, the decision for that for whether it's a bullpen um, change or whatever it may be. I think having that time being in world series, um, being a pitching coach in the playoffs really plays out. Sure. Sure. Uh, Right now we're, we're looking out at the field. We're in a radio booth this week, not the, not the suite that we were in last week. And so uh, there, it appears that they are working on the pitch clock um, for, you know, games start, start Friday. Right. It's like they're getting ready to get the pitch clock all fired up. What, what do you think of the pitch clock? I mean, you, you rehabbed last year, but you didn't have, MLB players were exempt from it, if I'm not mistaken, but right. have you, has it been on your mind this, this, this spring? Uh, yeah, for sure. I mean, you have to, you have to, uh, whether, whether we like it or not, it's, it's there. Um, I, I have my thoughts about it. Um, speeding up the game and stuff like that. Yeah, sure. I think it would help. Um, I think with a, alongside a lot of uh, the other guys, the ball or strike thing is just, it's interesting. We, you know, you don't really know what to expect, especially like you're in a wild card game or you're one game out of the playoffs on game 162 and you're thrown in the ninth inning you got to make sure you're on the same page. You got to make sure that the pitch you throw is the correct pitch. Um, and so I just hope a game never comes down to a shot clock violation. It's going to. <laughs> oh, yeah, I will. I think they could have done. That's a great term, shot know, clock I violation. There were some other ideas you could come up with. Like I thought, hey, if we have a certain amount of mound visits, if you have a shot clock violation, you lose a mound visit. Um and then it give and take on the on speeding up the game. And then if you do that five times, then maybe you deserve a ball or a strike. So, um, but yeah, I don't know. It's it's we'll see how how it pans out. But it would be, I think, really bad for the game for a game to end on a shot clock violation. Um, but I guess we'll see how it how the fans react to it and if if it helps or hurts or we'll see. Yeah a rule or a law is only as good as the enforcement as effective as the enforcement. So 
I'm, I'm curious. I'm sure the umpires early in the season are going to be like all on it, but like as the season goes along, I don't know. I, I just, I wonder if they're going to loosen up, but I mean, the clock's going to be right there. There's somebody in the dugout's going to be chirping at him that had gone out. That's gone out. Yeah. You know, I, I don't, I don't know if there's any wiggle room even. Yeah. It's kind of like the NFL. I mean, if you watch the playoffs, how often do you see the, um, the clock get to zero yeah. and they snap it like, right. Right after you see the double zeros, it's like, but there's no flag. Um, so I would imagine that in the NFL, they're pretty, I guess, lenient as long as it's not blatant. If you get it pretty close, then, then they don't throw the flag, but we'll see. Yeah. We'll, we'll see. All right. So the way our show works, this is episode, what, 72? Is that what we said earlier? It's 72. I ask the baseball questions, the real, you know, hold your heart to the, the fire. The hard hitting. Like just answered. And then John here, he does not hold your feet to the fire. <laughs> he, has some, he has some different stuff. Although although sometimes I think guys have, have more trouble answering John's questions than mine. But anyway, so here we go. All right. Okay, Joe. You know what? Settle something for us. Are you one of 12 or one of 11 kids? What was that? Say that one more time. Sorry. So are you one of 11 or one of 12 kids? One of 11. One of 11. Okay. So by the oh, way, guys, so so question. <laughs> that was easy. All right. You're from River, Riverton, Utah, and you went to Riverton high school. Is that right? Yes, sir. Okay. S- sir. See, everyone sees how old I am when they look in here. Okay. Did you play any other sports when you were in high school? Uh, not in high school. I stopped playing football a, a year or two before high school. Um, our team ran the wing tee and I was a quarterback. So it was like, <laughs> what's the point of handing off the ball a lot? So I just stuck with baseball. Okay. Uh, you know, I, I, I wonder how many, how many big brothers did you have? Um, that's a good question. <laughs> four. You have four big four brothers. Younger, okay. Three younger. Three younger. Okay. So you guys were, man, I, I got to imagine, your mother probably walked around with tasers trying to keep you guys in line. There's no oh, yeah. doubt. Oh, yeah. <laughs> okay, so when you were drafted, my mom, you're... My mom is a trooper. She no, she's got to be. I, if I ever meet her, she's just going to get a hug and a high five for what she's putting up with. So, so where, where are you in the 11? Are you, like, right in the middle? I'm eight. You're eight? Yeah. Okay. So okay. Like girl, two boys, two girls, six boys. Rattle off the names. Six boys. Rattle off the names. Charlotte is the oldest. Old. Um, 39, 40. Okay. Um, she's got five kids, six kids. Oh, my gosh. Um, and, then, and then it goes Luke, Josh, Leah, Mary, Sam, myself, Jacob, Daniel, and Andrew. That's cool. That's great. I'm, I'm a, I love big families too. I'm, uh, I've got two brothers and sisters, but we get, you know, there, when we had a mixed family at one time, there were five of us, lots to do. Yeah. Um, okay. So you're drafted, you were drafted in the 11th round by the Rangers in 2016. So this, you weren't obviously in New York, like a lot of people are, where were you when you got drafted and how did you find out? Um, so I was in Riverton, Utah, my parents' house. Um, at, during the draft, it was, I got a lot of eight or scouts telling me that I could go to top 10. So I had the expectations of going top 10. Um, and there's not very many guys from Utah that are drafted. So it's really hard to connect with 
how it works. And so we were just kind of winging it. Um, and then after the 10th round, not being drafted on that day, everybody was over at the house. Um, it was pretty disappointing. Um, but then right when the draft ended, the Rangers called Josh, Josh Simpson called and was like, Hey, you know, we're going to, we're going to try to get you early tomorrow. And, you know, I'm like, sure you are. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> we didn't want to get the hopes up again, but yeah. Okay. So, uh, college, you went to Salt Lake community college. Did you have any other offers coming out of high school? Yeah, I had, uh, I had some walk on offers. Um, I got an offer from BYU um, to be a catcher. And then the University of Utah offered me a preferred walk-on to come over and convert to to a pitcher. Um, and I was like, I'm not a pitcher. I'm a I'm a catcher. <laughs> um, and then when Salt Lake Community College uh, called, my best friend that I grew up playing with since I was five years old, um, he was committed there. And at that point, I was like it wouldn't make much sense for me to go to a division one school where I probably won't play for the first year or two. Um, so I thought it was a good, good idea to go to the junior college and the hitting coach over there was, I really liked him the whole, the whole coaching staff over there. I, I really liked. So it made, it made a lot more sense for me. So how did you switch to when was the transition? Cause I know you kind of like even your last year. Yeah. So in, in my senior year, I actually threw like, I don't know, 10 innings or so just, you know, how high school is. Yeah. Um, and then my freshman year at college, I caught the whole time. Uh, and then going into my sophomore year, I made a joke to my, to my, our manager. And I was like, Hey, you should, you should give me an inning and let me, let me pitch an inning. And at the time he was like, no chance. We have you and one other catcher and in junior college, you, you play double headers a lot. So it's like you, you lose one catcher and you got a guy catching four games in two days. Right. Um, so he was like, absolutely not. And at the time I wasn't hitting, I hit like two Oh five. I was really good at hitting during BP. Like I'd put on a show, but during the game, I didn't, I didn't stand a chance. Um, so then my sophomore year rolls around and I was, I kept hounding my coach and he said, I'll give you the last inning of the last fall game. Um, and if I remember right, it was against BYU. It was either BYU or U- Utah Valley. And sure enough, I, he's like, all right, you got the last inning. And I warmed up in the bullpen, came in, and I was throwing like anywhere from 93 to 95. And what our, our uh, pitching coach was – he played for the Salt Lake Bees forever. His name was Jeremy Berg um, in AAA with the Salt Lake Bees. And he loved Utah, so he stayed. And he was helping coach, and he was like – he came up to me, and he's like, hey, if you do that one or two more times in spring, you might you might get yourself a free agent sign or maybe even get drafted. And so I was like, oh, okay, all right. I like the sound of that. Yeah. So then going into my uh, sophomore year this spring – I threw, I closed out one game against Yavapai and I was throwing hard and I threw, I threw it well. And then we weren't winning very many games. So my coach was never like, Hey, we're just going to get you innings because I was catching too. Um, he was just kind of like, I'm not just going to throw you out there to throw you out there. So then at that point there were scouts were calling and he asked me, well, what do you think about starting? And I was like, yeah, I'm, 
I'm good for it. So then I started starting and my velo dropped and I think it scared away some of the scouts, but the Rangers, Josh Simpson stayed by, by the whole, the whole ride. So I was definitely excited to be signing with the Rangers. That was, he, he came and visited my family, sat down and talked with us before the draft. And we were fingers crossed the whole way, hoping that the Rangers would take me. Well, this, this, this question is one of my favorite to ask anybody that's been in the big leagues. And yours is fun because you made your major league debut in the middle of the summer. So you made your major league debut on June 24th, 2021. So my question that I love to ask for anybody that's had this experience, how did you find out you were going to be a big leaguer? Tell us that story. Yeah, so it's kind of funny. My wife now, her birthday was on the 26th. And so I was planning this birthday gift to give her. And it was uh, a digital picture frame that I had a bunch of people in my family, her family, her friends send in quick, short uh, clips saying happy birthday and stuff like that. And I was downloading it on this picture frame Yeah, and I live with her. So I was like, how am I going to pull this off without her knowing? So after the game, um, I grab the picture frame. I go into the uh, clubby's office. I'm downloading it, downloading it. <laughs> and our manager, Kenny Holmberg is like, Barlow, come, I need to talk to you. And I didn't think anything of it. Um, we walked into the office and he sat down. And then as soon as he looked at me, I, I was like, I either got traded or I'm, I'm getting called up. <laughs> and so my heart stops, you know, like I can't feel my body. And he's like, you're going to the big leagues. And I sat there for probably three minutes and cried before I even said a word, um, especially with the 2020 year that how that happened and yeah. not being at the alt site. Like it was like a, it meant a lot. And it meant a lot where if I was to get called up in 2020 or prior, it would have meant a lot, but the grind of 2020 and trying to get right, it just felt like it, it all played out. And it was, it was a great moment. I went outside to my girlfriend at the time, now wife. Um, and as soon as she sees me, I'm still in, you know, gym shorts and a cutoff and I'm crying. And she's like, what happened? And I remember looking at her and I was like, we're going to the big leagues. And she started crying and then, yeah. you know, just lots of tears. Now, did you, you make it, my, yeah, uh, go ahead. My, my takeaway, my takeaway from this is Kenny Holberg does not have a good poker face. Yeah. <laughs> I could tell how excited he was. And then our, uh, our pitching coach was in a, didn't have a shirt on and he was like, give me a hug. And it was, it was, it was like a, out of a movie. <laughs> So before we before we move on, we need to talk about the the misses because they just got married in what December, November November twelfth because it's the day after my wife's birthday, the day before my birthday. So I remember. Congrats. Um, yeah, um, and her her father in law is Luis Gonzalez. Yeah. How how is it, was it hard dating a major league all stars daughter? Um, no. Okay. He was he's been. Honestly, since I met her and met the family, they've been so generous and have taken such good care of helping me, um, especially being in the warmer state where, you know, my parents, what do you do in Utah? Wait for the snow plows to come through the road and then play catch in the road <laughs> with a brother. Um, but just the insight that he has 
and the generosity that they have is second to none. They've, they poured into me like they would their own son to try to help um, and provide training and all sorts of stuff. So it, it was, it's definitely another family. Like it's been, they've been awesome. He he has one of the most, I mean, the most famous hit in Arizona Diamondbacks history. Heck yeah. I won the world series. It's in, in, in baseball history. They, you know, off of Marion Rivera, the guy who can't be beaten the postseason, and they beat him. I mean, that's, it's pretty cool, uh, father-in-law. Oh, for sure. He has a lot of he has he has phenomenal stories because he was when you be a, when you're around the game that long, you're the vet in the clubhouse for eleven years or so. Yeah. <laughs> um. He has some great stories of just uh, giving guys hard times and kind of keeping it light and fun in the clubhouse. Does anybody do, does anybody do that here? Is there anybody who's um, the prankster or anything? Uh, I mean, it's pretty light, but I wouldn't say as far as how they used to do it. And I don't know if it'll ever be like that again, you know, like setting off fireworks in your cleats or, <laughs> you know, stuff like that. They, some of those videos back in the day are like, <laughs> I have no idea. You got away with that. <laughs> I tell you what, we've kept you a pretty long time. I want to get a couple more real quick and we'll get you out of here. First off, what do you do in your spare time? Are you do you play golf? Do you do any? What do you do in your spare time? Yeah, I like golf. I I'm I try to play golf. I guess you'd say. Um, you can hear me. Yeah, absolutely. You're coming in great. Uh, yeah, I golf. Uh, my wife's brother is with the Pirates, and so we're kind of on the same schedule during the off season. Um, so we like to golf. Uh, two of my brothers just moved here from Utah, so I get to spend time with them. Um, and then me and Megan got a dog last year. He's a micro mini golden doodle. He's 16 pounds. His name is Bruce. We got him. We got him before we hired Bruce. So micro micro mini. And he is, he's the best. He's hilarious. (laughs) He's, he keeps me and Megan on our toes and requires a lot of time that we would gladly, gladly give him. Micro um, mini what? Golden doodle. Golden doodle. Instagram too. Okay. But and then I like to read, um, and I like to just hang out. Okay, so this last one. They're adorable. Yeah. Yeah, they are. Gold. I've got golden retrievers. So the golden doodles. He doesn't have the vacuum issues I have. I've got to vacuum the house three times a week to keep it going. No shedding. There's no shedding on those golden doodles, which I think my wife's rethinking that unless she loves our dogs. Last one. Now, this is a fun one that's had some great answers. It's it's one I ask everybody. It's what's something that nobody knows about Joe Barlow. Now, we know you're part of 11 11 kids, so you can't use that one. But some of our good answers that we've had are stuff like Jack Leiter, can't stand peanut butter. That's one. I don't know if you've heard that story. He can't stand peanut butter. Davis Wenzel had the end of his finger chopped off when he was five years old. Uh, what's some of the other ones? Uh, Chris, your your uh, GM, Chris Young, is a uh, is a he, he loves true crime documentaries. That's his uh, kind of his his uh, passion uh, or his his spare time. What's something nobody knows about Joe Barlow? That is tough. I'm a pretty open book. Um. Now I got to think of something good. I can't just be lame. All the build up. Uh, <laughs> that is tough. I've never broke a bone. 
my wrist surgery was my first surgery other than my, my wisdom teeth, which don't count. Um, that right on the spot. Oh man. You know, not breaking a bone. Playing sports and not breaking a bone. I play, I'm you and I are in the same boat. I've, I've, I played football and baseball my whole life. Never broke a bone except for fingers as a wide receiver but I never broke a big bone or anything like that. So that's, that's one. Give you a second though. Is there anything bigger than that? Um, I guess I used to wear headgear when I was in like sixth grade. The braces? I never wore that to school. Oh, the braces. My mom has a picture of, uh, of me. It's like clips in and goes around straps to the back of your oh, head. Oh, I know. She has a I've picture seen of it. My brothers send it to me every every once in a while just to remind that just to remind me that I that was me in the picture. It's well, pretty I'm, te- I'm telling your brothers right now, if any of them watch this, you can DM that picture to I to me or Jeff, and we will definitely put it out on Twitter and let people it's see done. what Joe It's done. It'll be there. Okay. Yeah. My brothers are the type of guys where like if you're gonna go out on a date, yeah, and you're you know, you get ready, you're leaving you're leaving your room to go get in your car. If you look good, they're going to say, you're really wearing that out. <laughs> and if you look horrible, if you put your shirt on backwards, they're saying, Hey, you look good. <laughs> so, I mean, it, the dynamic with my brothers is hard for some people to, to understand. Like I've told Megan, uh, if they tease you, they like you. Yep. And I even told, I even told Megan when I first started dating her, I was like, does your dad like me? And she's like, of course he does. He's like very nice to you. And I'm like, I know, but it's just, you get, I feel the love when you tease me. Cause if you're comfortable teasing me, then, you know, if you don't like somebody, you just ignore them. So, <laughs> but that's definitely comes from having brothers and people that were always. Well, that teasing you. that's it. You, so you guys know you big brothers, little brothers, get that picture to me or Jeff. We'll make sure it gets out there because we're going to give Joe a little little uh, fun here. We're going to actually give it to him. Now, Jeff, you got anything else before we get Joe out of here? Nothing else. It's time for <laughs> it's time for Joe to go and do something else. Go see that micro mini. Yeah, absolutely. Well, listen, Joe, thanks so much for stopping down. I know it's a busy uh, offseason, spring training and all of that. But we really appreciate you taking time to come in here and, and have some fun with us. Yeah, anytime. Uh, I, I enjoy doing this stuff. So, anytime. All right. Thanks a lot. That's Joe Barlow, right handed pitcher for the Texas Rangers. Thanks, Thank Joe. Thanks to Joe Barlow there for coming on with us. But now, guys, it's time to go down in the bus leagues. And, Jeff, let's get into the minor league stuff. Uh, actually, the minor leaguers, when do they technically, when are they supposed to report? I know they're there. but Yeah, I, uh, March 5th and 6th is when they'll they'll be here. Um, then, they'll have, then they'll have some workouts. Then they'll have a, a few days of intra-squad games. And then, uh, and then they'll start playing uh, – other, other minor league teams from around the, the, the Cactus League. 
And we'll be there for those inter-squad games, I believe. Is that when we're there? Yeah, yeah, we will be. And we may even get one of the first few, uh, first few rate, you know, uh, spring training games for them. Yeah, you mentioned this today in your article uh, that, that you wrote today at rangerstoday.com, five ninety nine a month, $60 for the year, 35 just for the for the season. But uh, great point, guys. If there's somebody that you want to see some video of, somebody that you want to try to get a question answered, do something like that, reach out to Jeff and I, and we will try to make every accommodation to get that done. We can certainly get video of anyone. Uh, but getting a question answered, I'll certainly try. These guys, when they get a break in between fields or something, sometimes they'll stop down, especially if it's a funny one. We'll try to get it out. Okay, so March 5th and 6th, they're supposed to be there, but I know some of them are here now, so who who's hanging around there? Oh, now? yeah, it's, 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 it's growing by the day. Um, um, but um, to, uh, yeah, yesterday, I ran into our buddy Brock Porter um, cool. and, and, and talked to him. I missed his bullpen session, though. I was down shooting... I don't know, video of Corey Seager batting or something ridiculous. And, uh, I, I really wanted to see that, but, uh, he's, he's here. Um, he said he's been here five or six weeks, which takes you all the way back basically to the start of the year. Um, Josh Steven, uh, the, the kid from Grand South Grand Prairie high, right. uh, he's here. Uh, Mitch Brad is here, of course, cause he's, he's going to pitch for team Canada. There are a lot of guys, Dane Acker, uh, today when I was walking in from, from the backfields, um, I ran into the group of the the young the young Dominican stars, uh, Glider Figueroa, Anthony Gutierrez, uh, Daniel Cueva. They were taking batting practice, so I I shot some video of them, said hello to them. They actually remembered who I am, so that was that was encouraging. Uh, still a big language barrier there, but we could at least say hello. Um, so yeah, there there are, there are guys all over the place, and um, the the way the way that this typically works, uh, you know, minor league camp will start. Uh, you know, my, I think minor league opening day this year is April 1st. So it's the day after, uh, day after the Rangers open the season. Um, but they, you know, they, they'll come in built up, they're building up now. Um, you know, the, the guys who are in major league camp, the non-roster invitees, or even guys who are on the 40 man roster who are, who are probably not going to make the team. They'll, they'll eventually get reassigned. Uh, if they're not on the, if they're not on the 40 man, technically they get reassigned to minor league camp. If right. they are on the, man they get option to minor league camp um it, it that that'll probably start happening right around the time that minor league games start so probably right about the time we're here um you know we get here on the eighth john and, and the rangers play a road game that day uh in scottsdale so well uh, i don't know if we're gonna want to go to scottsdale or not but we'll see <laughs> uh but anyway um the next day is a rangers off day right. and you know the minor leaguers will, will have their workouts and such uh, but everybody in minor league camp will be off. But off days in minor league camp or in major league camp are usually where they sit down and meet and decide: Do we need to start getting these guys on their their routine for for the minor leagues? So, yeah. Uh, that that next day, the tenth, is when you might see some some uh, some moves. Some that that big league camp roster getting smaller in the the minor league clubhouse, which is already filled to the gills, getting more guys put in there. Uh, you know, and and it's guys who who you know. You know, it's it's. Uh, Jack Leiter, Kumar Rocker, uh, Antoine Kelly, who's who's been pretty impressive. Uh, uh, guys like that who are going to be in the minor leagues, they'll they'll get pushed out of their out of that big league clubhouse pretty soon. Nothing yeah. that they did wrong. Just kind of the you know you run out of innings as sure. the as the starters in cactus league, cactus league games. The the minor the major league pitchers who you know need innings. 
Yep. They get the priority on the innings. And so for the minor league guys to pitch, they either have to pitch in minor league games or B games. And then yep. that's just a, that's just the reality of it. They didn't do anything wrong. It's just, it's just time. So, um, that's, that's kind of how that works. I got an interesting minor leaguer to talk about, actually, because he's back with the Rangers now. Um, you saw him the other day, and that's Joe Palumbo, yeah. who, who is, you know what? I've always liked Joe. Met Joe that first year I started covering the Rangers. One of the first things I ever did was go out to Frisco Media Day um, as credentialed media and met Joe. He was really nice. Met his father. Uh, really great family. He was off with the Giants. He's just had some very bad luck, but that is a guy who was ranked higher than than Brock Burke um, as a left-handed pitcher. The spin rate on his fastball was crazy. Um, he's back, and and that might be somebody. Look, he's not going to be in big league camp. He's down in minor league camp um, that could go to Frisco and and or go to uh, to uh, Round Rock and pitch out of that bullpen. That that's legitimately a guy we might see here by the end of the year. Yeah, you know, I mean, he he. If you look at his minor league numbers, they are fantastic. Absolutely, uh, they they really are high strikeout uh, I, guy. I, yeah, and I, I I think though that his um just the the physical issues he's encountered the last ulcerative colitis or whatever you call it colitis and, and some some of the things have been yeah he has ulcerative colitis which you know is, is hard to manage but it seems like they're able to manage that you know that's why he was never able to keep weight uh, right. why and why they think he lost strength and eventually would would continue to get injured was because he couldn't keep any food, you know, he, he couldn't keep food in his system. You know, he couldn't, couldn't keep the weight on. Uh, but, the, you know, they think they have that under control. I, I think, you know, you can kind of give up on this, on him starting at this point. Yeah. You know, you know and, and we've all seen how stuff, how these former starters, their stuff plays up really well as relievers. Um, look, he's left-handed. He's 28. So he's still got a live arm. So I don't, Used to I don't throw think mid nineties. There, there, there's no, there's no risk. You know, I mean, he's, he's not in major league camp. This is a straight minor league deal. So, uh, did you talk to him? Maybe he can, what did you talk to him? We talked to him a little bit. Yeah. I mean, I had nothing on the record. He was standing in line to get for his physical. Um, but he said he feels great and he's just happy to have the opportunity. And maybe, maybe after being, you know, baseball will humble you and, and maybe, you know, he got humbled last year and, and maybe he's got a new appreciation for things, but um, yeah, if he can, if he can stay healthy, if he can make the triple eight team, uh, he's got a chance to, to, to grab some attention and then open some eyes. So we hope probably settle. Yeah. He'd probably settle for, for double a too. I mean, just get out there and, and face batters and do it. Or do you think that, that it's triple a or nothing for him? Uh, I'm, I'm not sure. Um, uh, you know, if you're 28 and you're at double A, that's generally not a good thing. Um, I, I, w- I would think there would be places for him in Round Rock. Um, it, it could buy the Rangers a little time to – With some of the other so guys. They don't yeah. feel like they have to push like a Mark Church uh, to triple A, you know, send Mark Church back to double A and let him work and earn his, his way to triple A. Um, and there are other guys in that, that same boat. But, um, look, I, I – you know – if, if Joe Palumbo is pitching well, why wouldn't you try to find a spot for him? 
Absolutely. And I, th- I think he'd settle for anything if you'd let him, if you let him pitch. That's I'm talking about him personally. If, if they said, you know what, we just, we don't have, we have a guy at high A, we don't want to bring up, go to double A and face batters and do something. Palumbo would probably do it in a heartbeat just to be in a pro organization, throwing the ball and uh, trying to prove that he might could get back to the big leagues. Yeah. And you know, if, if, if his deal comes with an out or sure. if, if he is to find the, you know, if there were to be a, an opportunity somewhere else, the Rangers would let him go, you know, sure. no hard feelings and uh, give him a chance to, to do that. But um, yeah. Hey, hopefully it happens with the Rangers because he's, he's just a, a good kid a good guy and good yeah. story. Anybody else before we get out of here, this has been a pretty good show. I have Barlow on here before we run out. Anybody you want to talk about, you know, uh, not, not particularly. I, I just think that a lot, a lot of these young guys, a lot of these, Generally speaking, the young pitchers, the Rangers, the guys who are watching the Rangers know that the Rangers have a ton of, of young, young arms. It's just a matter of, of having some of them hit. And, you know, they're not all going to hit and they're not all going to hit for the Rangers. I mean, the Rangers didn't uh, didn't trade anybody this offseason. They have, they, you know, if they're in contention, they have they have pieces that they can trade. Sure. It's, it may be guys that you want to see pitch for the Rangers in the future, but. Um, that's just that's just the way baseball works. There's two kinds of currency. There's money and there's prospects. And yeah. Um, but the, I mean, they're they're really good. Like I asked Nate Evaldi, um, who are some of the young guys who caught your attention? I said I said who are three young guys? He goes three. That's that's going to be too hard. And he he named off about nine. Yeah. And then uh, but but uniform uniformly, um, it seems like Mark Church, Cole Reagans, and Ricky Venasco are the, are the uh, the three who who are opening eyes have have caught the most eyes. So um, anyway, we'll see. I'm I'm still informally polling guys. I'm gonna I'm gonna write that story. Uh, I don't know, maybe this weekend. But um, that's always something I like to do. Is once once the workouts are over, who who who's been impressive and yep. um, I have a pretty good list going right now. All right. Well, listen, if that's it, guys, we're going to get out of here. Uh, Once again, a big thanks to Premier Properties for sponsoring spring training. Um, Again, go to that website. It's swdallasrealty.com. That's SW, like Southwest, dallasrealty.com. Phone number is 972-298-4000. Hit me up at all if you have any real estate needs you're looking at or or, um, investment especially. Jeff, have a safe trip out tomorrow night. I know you're going to have some more stuff coming up. By the time you guys are watching this, he's going to already be back in Dallas before we get ready for our trip out there uh, when the minor leaguers get. Guys, And we thank you all for being a part of this one. And like we say at the end of every one of these, until next time, we will see you at the yard. Roxo Media House.